Hey, welcome to another episode of HR Nightmares. And I'm Lisa Leith. Uh, I'm here with two friends and colleagues, which is really makes it a fun episode, Beth Looney and Chris Capone. Um, I'm going to let Chris introduce himself a little bit in more detail, but the whole um, shtick behind HR Nightmares is to bring you realistic advice and help folks, whether you're employees, managers, or other HR colleagues, sort through sticky situations um, and just get some expert advice from not only Beth and myself, but also from our special guest, who we just so happen to work with um, alongside a couple of different clients. So really happy to have you here. Um, Chris, we we all reside in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, most of our clients are here, although we probably both have clients up and down the East Coast. Um, but Chris has a really awesome background, which kind of makes his approach to serving his clients as a fractional CFO, similar to the way that we serve our clients as fractional CFO. Uh, CPOs, chief people officers or chief HR officers, and that's that you don't ever cookie cutter anything. Um, you approach every single client like they are unique and you use some best practices and sort of like scientific method behind how you apply what you know as a financial professional to solve their problems in business and allow them to grow similar to what we do. And that's because you've got lots of different experiences in your past, starting with graduating with a couple of degrees from UNC Wilmington. Um, then moving to Deloitte for several years, right? Yep, and then right. working for a Swiss company, ABB, yeah, which they've got, got some, yep. uh, they've got a little bit of a North Carolina presence, I believe. Yeah, uh, Carrie's actually the North American headquarters for Ooh, ABB. Yeah. So, yep. <laughs> um, and then you started a couple of different entrepreneurial business ventures, including Component Associates. Everybody go check him out. He's going to let you know um, how to find him online at the end of the episode. Um, but we love working with you. And so, like, tell us a little bit about, and then Beth, you can chime in and vouch for him or totally, like, beat him up, but because uh, <laughs> you guys vouch, work I'll on a vouch. client together. But, like, um, <clears throat> tell us a little bit about what you do at Component Associates. What's your approach? Like, how did you end up in this seat from all the great things and cool work you did, including, like, working in Europe? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, super stoked to be here. And it's kind of funny, the story how all of it started is very organic. And even meeting you and Andy last July on the yacht that we chartered for like a local business thing. I mean, that really was kind of like the starting point for me going out on my own and starting my own venture. Awesome. And, Everything you know, starts on a yacht. All good I things know. start on a I yacht. It's so funny. It's, it's like, <laughs> well, I started it when I was on a yacht. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 65 footer. No, it was. Also, I, it, it pays was. to do business with Lee the HR group. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially, yeah. But no, I mean, so really, you know, I mean, first off, you know, get, getting a chance to know you guys has been really awesome and has really helped me, you know, start my business, especially, you know, that day got to meet Natalie um, from the chamber and we got engaged like, you know, pretty much immediately working together. I, I made sure I had working together <laughs> and we were engaged. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, it started very organically, but, you know, so my background, like you said, I went to UNCW, um, have a, a, a accounting undergrad and master's degree, worked for Deloitte, got my CPA, worked for ABB, worked in like these really hardcore, like corporate finance accounting jobs where I got to see a lot of really cool stuff at a really high level and really had exposure to a lot of like executive management, you know, so at I'm a young age at a very young age. Yeah. So I'm 23 years old out of college and I'm going to interview the corporate controller of, you know, like a billion dollar company and, t and try to talk to them about their internal controls and processes. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, like I got my like checklist here and, you know, and that was cool about Deloitte is, you know, you had a very good solid foundation to follow and stuff. 
But so started there and then um, got this opportunity to work for a company called ABB. And um, my they're wa- not a small company, though. Definitely not research. a small company. Have you ever company. heard of them? Mm, I have. Oh, okay. I've never I know their logo. Them. Like, it's I, I'm so visual, so I, I remember their logo. So what I was told, you know, people say ABB is the biggest company you've never heard of. Yeah. Because okay, they do a sense. lot of business to business and really like business to government. And it's in industrial automation, power generation, um, you know, just a lot of stuff that it's not necessarily consumer products. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, got a, got in with them and then um, got into what was called a global trainee program. And so when I started with them, I knew that the whole idea was you work six months in North America and then you go and spend a year and a half in Europe. You go to the corporate headquarters in Zurich and then um, and then from there, it's like to be determined. So um, my wife and I got married on October 3rd, 2015, and on October 4th, 2015, we were on a plane to Zurich and uh, <laughs> wow. went and lived in Europe for three years. Yeah, it, that's what I'm saying. She keeps asking me when we're going on a honeymoon. <laughs> I swear. I'm like, wait, didn't we live in Europe for three years and do all that cool <laughs> stuff? But that's just like an ongoing joke that we have. But um, yeah, so working in, you know, Zurich, Switzerland, you know, wearing a suit and tie to work, riding the the tram in, you know, I just felt like a European businessman, which was really cool. You know, I got to ski in the Swiss Alps on the weekends. I'd like I'd come oh into I'd come like... into work on on Monday and I would have like the like the best like goggle tan, you know, like <laughs> the bottom of my face would be completely red. And I'm sitting in these meetings with like, you know, high level people and I'm just like laughing to myself. I'm like, this is cool. Like I can't believe I'm doing this. It is cool. But um, so from there, um, the, the next, so, you know, six months in Zurich, and then from there, you're supposed to choose, like, what your next assignment is. And there were all these really cool assignments, like go to Singapore, go to Germany, go to Japan, go to, you know, um, Italy. And there was one that, you know, that w- looked really interesting, and it was in Bulgaria. Hmm. And I was like, man, I, don't, I was like, all right, I better, let me pull out the map real quick, because I got to make sure I know where Bulgaria is, which is pretty sad. Now next I know- to Hungary? Uh, it's close. It's Albania. You, got, you have right. close. So you have so you have Serbia to the north. So you have Serbia, Romania, and then you have the Black Sea over here. And then to the south, you have Greece, and then you have Macedonia, mm. and then and then I think sir, and then you have like Croatia, Albania, uh, Bosnia, like former Yugoslavia, basically to the to the west. So. Geography and HR. Yeah, exactly. So I learned a lot there. I learned a lot of geography. Um, you know, and so basically I went home. I was like, and went to my wife, Natalie. I was like, Natalie, I, I think we're going to have to move to Bulgaria. And she was like, all right. I was like, okay. <laughs> like, so we, we went on a trip. We, I was like, all right, if we're going to do this, like we'd like to at least go check it out. So we get we talked them into flying Smart. us out for a weekend. Okay, that was good. You know, yeah. A weekend in Bulgaria. A weekend in Bulgaria. We had no idea what to expect. And we got there and it was and it was like January or February. So it was it wasn't like the pretty side of the winter, you know, where it's like nice and white snow. It was like the snow had come and melted. And so, you know, and we're in Sofia and it was just kind of, you know, it's just like this is kind of what I expected from Eastern Europe. Yeah. But then the f- more and more we got into the country, like on that trip, we were like, this is just unbelievable. I mean, I'm getting chills just talking about it. Um but just, just you know, the like something old in the U.S. is like, you know, it's like, oh, that's 200 years old. That's really old. It's like, oh, this is 2,500 years old wow. and it's still standing. Yeah. So, but yeah, so I had the opportunity to do that. And we'll, we'll come, we should, we'll come back to that because yeah. there's some really good HR stuff from my experience in Bulgaria. But we ended up, what was supposed to be a year there, we ended up staying for two and a half years. Okay. Because I was able to get a promotion and we just loved living there so much. Um, 
and then came back to Wilmington in 2018 and um, started working with a couple businesses in town that very entrepreneurial, very just, you know, growth oriented companies. And that was really like an awesome moment where I got to take like the high level corporate function and like hardcore like executive stuff and like it's like okay now you actually have to run a real business yeah. like we're in real life now right yeah. like the decisions you make actually impact the people that work for you and if you make good decisions you can like actually see how good things happen and so it was uh yeah it's really cool so did that for four years and that kind of just you know kind of ran its course and and then i you know it came to the point where i was ready for the next move and uh my wife and I were, you know, going through some, you know, some family planning stuff and, you know, just trying to, you know, figure out our lifestyle for the, for the go forward. And, um, you know, just kind of found my way into this, you know, I'm just going to try being a freelance CFO, you know, like I, I want to be able to, you know, have more control of my life, more control of my schedule. I want to work with different people. I get bored. I get bored doing the same stuff all the time. I want to, you know, you know, just be involved with other stuff. And so I did that. So I met you guys in July. Like, seriously, that's that's really kind of how it started. Met you guys in July, started working with the chamber and then just started networking and getting out there more. And I realized that there's actually quite a demand for not just fractional CFO, but but bookkeeping. Yeah. It bookkeeping is like it's a commodity. If you have a business and you have to do accounting, you know, businesses try to not do it. And that's, yeah, <laughs> you know, dangerous. That, that gets dangerous. But uh, so, yeah, so fast forward to now, um, we're working with about 20 businesses in town. We've got um, a couple employees. We've got an office now, like legit, which is really weird. <laughs> wow. I walk, I walk into the office. I'm like, this is weird, you know, like, um, but yeah, Great. so, you know, it, but it's just someone asked me what my dream job would be. And I was like, well, you've seen the show Yellowstone, right? And I'm like, well, all right, it's too late to be a cowboy and mm. own a ranch in Wyoming. Well, maybe it's not. Maybe that's down the road. But I, I think like, everyone from New York City is doing it now, <laughs> yeah. so it's, too late. I know, but I'm, I'm not giving up on it. But um, I was like, you know what? I think what I'm doing right now, I get to work with business owners to help solve problems um, that has a positive impact on the community and their lives. And we get to talk about business all day and like do cool stuff and hang out with cool people. and. And just try to figure out a way to stick it to the man a little bit, you know, while while you're doing it. And um, yeah, hey. so I'm just having a blast doing doing that. So, you know, what's interesting though is um, not everyone can do that because if you work for a big company, um, and like I worked for a Fortune 500 company too, you've worked for big companies. Sometimes it's you think that you'll be able to take this big company bullshit and be able to boil it down for a smaller mid-sized company that works a little bit faster, more nimble, less rules, less bureaucracy, can work up and down the organization more quickly. Like you think you'll be able to do it. Most people cannot do it. Most people cannot do that. And where they find themselves, and I've worked with other fractional CFOs, they find themselves just trying to delegate everything. And if you want to be a great consultant that gets repeat business, a lot of the times you got to like roll your sleeves up and, and do, do the, the work, work and show them how to do the work. Exactly. So exactly. that's our thing is like, you no, got to get it done. And that's what, and that's what I love about working with you guys. Cause it's just like, you know, we're going to, we're going to get in there and we're going to do it. And I've even heard you guys say, it's like, you know, we might even like work ourselves out of a job, Yeah. but th that's, we're doing right. We you always do right by the client first. And typically you're not going to work yourself out of the job because you're going to help that business grow yeah. and they're going to need you for more complex issues. And maybe you backfill that position with, 
you know, a little bit lower, you know, more, I don't know how to, yeah, but like lower, but you can train, like you can train somebody to do that, right? Person. So, okay. Small businesses. I used to have one, but I do think that sometimes the accounting function, people think, oh, well, gosh, I, you know, I do my own finances for my home. So I'll just do it by myself. Yeah. You know, like it's usually like spouses have a business together and then one of them's like, oh, I'll just do the books. You can get into so much trouble. So have you seen, is that, what's your typical kind of client? So I've got both ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So there are definitely a couple clients where, yeah, it's like, you know, my wife's been doing been doing the books for, you know, three years and okay, I've, I need, I don't even know how much money I've made over the past three years. Like that's, yeah. you know, that's really how bad it's like my bank, you know, I look at my bank account and I've got money there and it's gone up a little bit, but now it's going down and it's, it's like, all right, like, so I need you to come in and fix up the last three years and then let's work on something and go forward. And then there's other businesses, um, you know, and that's, that would be like a bookkeeping engagement, mm-hmm. but then there's other businesses that I go in and they've got a bookkeeper in place and they're doing everything pretty darn well, but they just need someone that's more on like a higher level consulting to be able to say, all right, you know, your books are good, but we, we need to look at the future. What do we need to where, do? How are you going to Yeah, grow? where are we going? Right. You know, what's my cash balance going to be 12 months from now if we do this, if we do that? And what if, you know, and then it's the what it's if, the you puzzle, know. It's the puzzle. Scenario. Tree scenario. Yeah. So. That's the fun part, I bet. Yeah. No, that's when, and that's when it gets fun. But really, the foundation for being able to make good business decisions is if you do not have clear, transparent, and timely financial information, I don't know how you make a good informed business decision. You know, some some small business owners, like they're so ingrained and involved in the business, they can mm-hmm. do it. It's like, I know, you know, mm-hmm. I know what's going on. But, you know, when you get to that, you know, couple hundred thousand million dollar level, like all of a sudden, you know, it's like you need to know, you know, what's going on with your books. And so the, getting your financials set is step one to like a continuous improvement cycle. And so that's kind of the the you know the flow it's like you know we start with the books let's get that cleaned up and then what are your goals you know where do you want to be what are you guys trying to accomplish very much to you know you know uh, an engagement with you know from a you know any type of consulting engagement Mm -hmm. so we're on a mission to prove that there are good human resources people out there That's kind of like our sort of like internal mission is to like prove everybody wrong on like what they think good HR looks like. Um, I feel like what you're saying is sort of similar, but like on the finance side, um, I think when people probably work with you, they're like, oh, like this is what my CFO was supposed to be doing (laughs) or this is what my controller was supposed to be doing. Or I didn't know that I could get these reports or I didn't know that I'd have a partner with me to show me how to grow, you know. So, I just think you don't know that when you're in a small business yeah. sometimes. You're just so, your mindset well, it, is to like get the jobs done and keep working, working, working. Right. And then you're just working so hard that you don't have time to step back and just take a breath and really analyze where you are and where you want to go. And that's so true. And in, in, the, in the saying, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Like that's the biggest thing. It's like, I, I don't know. Like sh- what, what should I, what should I be talking about? I don't even know. And you bring in an experienced HR person, right. you bring in an experienced controller and and then all of a sudden they start asking questions and you're like, oh my gosh, like I never yeah. even thought about it like that. You know, mm-hmm. and that's, a, that's where a lot of the value add comes is from, you know, just having high level strategic conversations. And that's when it gets really fun. Cause that's when you're yeah. like talking about, you know, fun stuff and, you and get growth to, yeah, and strategy and, and building the business and 
So. Hiring, acquiring, all that good stuff. Yeah. Well, and I think yeah, exactly. that's where we find our small businesses too. It's like they're like, we don't know. Everyone keeps walking out the door. We have no idea why. And they start to throw more money at it, but that's not necessarily, they're not understanding the really root cause of it. And so we can kind of get in there and talk to them at a different level because this is what we do for a living. Right, you know? exactly. So, and they don't know what they're doing necessarily. So, yeah. but we train them to know eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Or we'll stay there forever. So, um, <laughs> which is, which is, yeah, which is, which is fine either. too. You know, that work, that definitely works too. Um, okay. So financial folks are usually the ones that are burdened with the HR stuff yes. in an organization. So that's super yes. fun because most finance, you're a very personable financial guy, but <laughs> a lot of financial people want to sit behind the desk <laughs> with the door closed and like see you on the way out or when they're crossing paths to go to the bathroom. Um, so or they like, see someone at the coffee machine and they're like, eh, ah, and they walk away. They don't want to do small that's talk. So, yeah. so true. <laughs> So, so why is that? Why, why do you think like finance always gets stuck with the people? It's yeah, su- it's such a dichotomy. Like, why? Why does that happen? So, what I have experienced and seen is typically when people think of HR, they think of payroll, right? Like that's just oh, you know, I run payroll, so you I, know, I do HR. HR. Yeah. And that's typically in a small business. It's typically the accountant or the controller that's running payroll because it's a financial activity. So, you know, just that's, t- it's like, okay, so I'm running payroll. So next thing you know, it's like, okay, I need to request off work. That's how it starts. It's like, I'm running payroll. Then an employee comes in and is like, I need to request, request off, you know, next week. And how do I do that? It's like, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess just, you know, fill out this form and I'll put it into PTO, you know, deduction next week. And then, and then that's how that starts. And then it's like, okay, now I have a problem with an employee. And it's like, who do we talk to? Well, you know, this guy does the payroll and, and you know, did my vacation. So it's, it's, just, it's crazy to see that. And, and, when I, and when I've looked at most resumes to, for hiring people for the business, it's always I did the books and I also did HR. Yeah. I was also the HR. And then I talked to them. I'm like, so tell me about HR. And they're like, yeah, I did the payroll. Yeah. I was like, that's, that's not, not HR, HR. I'm yeah. pretty sure. <laughs> so happy to hear that. It's like, please say that again. I never have run payroll and I never want to run payroll. And like, I'm a big, big, big fan of accounting and finance keeping payroll. So like HR should probably never run payroll. Right. Well, I mean. You've, you've done it. I currently have, out of my client base, I've got three people that I run payroll for. But, and that's, but it's, but it's, it's a side. It's, it's a, seg- a side. It's, it's a, a couple of hours. Yeah, it's a, a piece yeah. of it, right? And it's, it's a segregation either. of duties thing. You know, it's a small business yeah. and like, you know, that you can't let everybody see who's making. But right. on those, and we work together on one, mm-hmm. and one of those, so. What the, the now with technology, payroll is so great. We went in and we mapped all the general ledger accounts to the payroll. So the accounting po- part port portion is like done. You know, yeah. we go in, we map it every time and then we run we just payroll. Have a conversation. There's a journal entry that comes, we match it up, it's all good. And then it's more of a just kind of a more of a processing thing. So, mm-hmm. but um, so yeah, but I mean, it's you know, to, to continue on, on that, because I mean, we're talking about HR nightmares. Yeah. And, you know, it's just typically what happens in, in coming from, you know, like big companies like Deloitte and ABB, they had what was, you know, they, there was all, they had a really big emphasis on HR, right? There was a, because, you know, for Deloitte specifically professional services, you know, you're only as good as the people you hire. So they take right. a really like holistic approach to hiring, you know, recruiting, hiring, you know, um, 
uh, retaining, you know, you know, promoting all that. But, you know, when you get to a small business, all of a sudden you got the controller who has absolutely no training in HR and probably isn't the most personable person to begin with. Um, and then all of a sudden you've got a guy that's an or, or woman or gal, um, but you've got a person that is, you know, doing HR that's not good at it. And so what happens is they're really bad at HR. Issues happen. It takes them hours and hours to try to figure it out. And they still don't figure it out. They do a half-assed job. And then next thing you know, their core responsibilities of being a controller start to slip. Yeah. So you have issues on the HR side, and then your books are starting to get messy. And then it's just, you know, it's, it's, kind, it's kind of a downward, downward spiral. Um, and it's just, you know, I've, 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 seen it ha- I've seen it happen. And that's why I've called you guys in to some, to some of our, you know, to some of the clients that I work with. Because it's like, hey, these people could do it really, really well. And they could do it in a fraction of the amount of time. Yeah, and, you and just, do it better. And do it better. And you just, you just go, go grow your business. Like, you yeah. just focus on do what you do. Best. Do what you do best. Yeah, do what you yep. do best. Well, there was one time when I had a group that I was working with. <laughs> it was so funny. And I hate to say anything negative, but I'll shield them a little bit. So they they got from they got the message to, you know, reduce overtime in payroll. So just make sure that your overtime is not so so high anymore. Yeah. And so what they did is they took all of the overtime hours and they were like zeroed them out. So they just <laughs> they're like, no more overtime. That's one and way I was to cut like, costs. Holy smokes. I'm like, how many months have you guys been doing this? Oh, so well, you know, gosh. The guy told us to do this like last January, so we've been doing it for a few months now. And you're like, okay, hold on, you know. So I think you're right. So there's some technical things that clearly we know how to do the technical things, but then we also know how to do the strategy. So yeah. I think that that's the best part about the kind of fractional work that you do, because I know some of the clients we've worked in tandem with. Yeah. But it's like you're actually, you're not just. I love that about us too. You're not just giving them a list of things that they need to do. You're you're working it. So you're doing it for them, and you're creating the processes so that they can learn how to do it themselves. But you're in there with them in the trenches. Absolutely. But just some tactical advice here. Like if you're listening and you're like, hmm, well, what was wrong with zeroing out that overtime? <laughs> oh yeah, I should have probably said. <laughs> yeah. Like the finance guy says, hey, let's get overtime costs at bay. Let's rein in the personnel costs and the staff costs because it's probably your number one biggest cost behind materials, maybe. But like if someone earns overtime, they must be paid. And that is the law. law. So you have to pay them. And so if you didn't budget it for this last cycle, you got to pay them out. And then why don't you communicate to your employees that any overtime needs to be approved? But even if it doesn't get approved, but they still work it and they put it in and want to get paid, you still have to pay them. But you could give them another, you know piece of communication I'd recommend in writing in a memo in an email or whatever um but like you still have to pay non-exempt employees that means you know and there's all different ways to sort of figure out if people are non-exempt or exempt and exempt is like salaried and doesn't get overtime so like that's where you really need an HR person or a finance person that really understands the nuances of who gets overtime who doesn't get overtime because like you can get in big trouble with big well, clients and for with, that. Well, and with that example, right? It's a relatively small organization. The guy thought he was being super creative, and do, like he's like, <laughs> so "Hey, creative. I am probably going to get employee of the month because I have reduced my overtime costs, you know, oh by zeroing them all out." 
So yeah, but is that dude in jail somewhere? Or? Do you know what? He was. Like, I was like, okay, he hasn't called next, us lately. Yeah, we haven't heard from him in a while. It's like we need to redo this all thing. So oh they, God. they, but and it's they a great did, example. But it was Someone's a great example. Not doing what they do best. And I was so glad to be there. Like I, yes. I feel very mushy about these kind of things. I love to help people, yep. and I really felt so happy to help them because they really didn't know. And so now they are on the right track. Nice. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's awesome. Have you ever had anything seriously crazy like that where you're just like, wow, the things that you take for granted that you know so innately? Yeah, right. Yeah, I think, you know, it's working for, you know, there, there's been some issue or situations where, you know, the, you know, it's like the owner's just like, oh, we just need to like cut everybody's pay. It's yeah. like, it's like, okay. Um, all right, well, let's talk about that, right? You know, like we could definitely do it, yeah, but <laughs> but you know, what does that mean for like you know, like legal things, like for long term, you know, like long term business continuity? Like, you know, do you do you want these people to, you know, what's that you know, you're gonna cut someone's pay and then and then you know, materials start walking out of the building or right. that laptop, you know, is no longer a company asset because someone's rationalizing that they need to get paid. So that was, uh, you know, that was definitely an interesting one. And I think we basically came to the conclusion that we weren't going to cut people's pay. (laughs) You know, what's interesting. So like you've got a lot of managers out there or owners of businesses that have no backbone. And so let's say like in that instance, my mind went to they probably have someone who sucks that they're not willing to have like a good conversation with. And if you just cut that person and had everyone observe, everyone else absorb their job, you could probably save the 60 or a hundred grand or like put it back into recognizing people and like giving them bonuses. bonuses. Like, I mean, there's all kinds of creative oh ways, but a lot of times there's no backbone. And then so they try to mayonnaise the approach with everybody, but you're just screwing everyone else over and they're going to leave or they just want everyone to quit. Right. Like rather than having a backbone and and having a conversation with people, hey, business isn't doing that good. We kind of forecasted the next couple of quarters. We're going to have to cut a couple of roles. And so we're going to be really respectful about it. But over the next couple of days, like we'll communicate how that all shook out. And that's <clears> such <throat> a that's such a like spot on thing, because I've, I've seen this so much and i've always been on the side of just transparency like you know i don't i've always just like like you just said it's just yes this is what the deal is or hey you're not doing a good job and a lot of those issues come from there's no hr process in place to get to that person like you know, six months ago when you should have had that conversation that was like, Hey, you know, you're not, you know, something's off here. Like either the company's not, you know, you don't have like a clear, like you don't have smart goals, for example, right? Like you don't know what your roles and responsibilities really are, or maybe the company hasn't provided you the infrastructure or the support to be able to do it. Or maybe you're just not cut out for this role, but you're a great company person and let's try to, you know, put you somewhere else. Yeah. And so I think, you know, like, it's like, if you just, do that so implement some of that simple stuff it it just minimizes a lot of those you know just you know silly you know decisions or silly ideas it's like oh we're just going to you know move you know i don't know, you know i think i think a lot of that has to do with confidence you totally know, it's total, you work with a lot of oh over the years gosh. you've worked with a lot of people who have zero confidence right and they're like oh i feel so bad it's like well what do you feel bad about do you feel bad that this person isn't doing a job isn't holding up their weight or do you feel bad for the other people that are now going to be affected 
because yeah. Yeah, you feel bad for yourself because yeah. you yeah. own this thing and you need to make the <laughs> decision. This person sucks. And it's really, it's funny. So yeah, we've gotten and, that a lot. But, and you know, and like, I mean, it's okay to be that person. A lot of entrepreneurs are, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're different people and they think differently and it's okay to be that person. Right. But that's why you need a good team. Right. You need so us. you hire good people to put those processes and do the the dirty work for yeah. lack of a better term for you, you know, or just like give you a pep talk and t- give you the talking points. Like a lot of my career has been just like sitting with managers ahead of tough conversations and saying, okay, tell me what you would say. Okay. I wouldn't say any of that. I would say <laughs> <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Okay. Now try it again. Okay. That was close. Yeah. Um, do you know what? Right, I like did that exact same talking. thing this morning. Yeah. Yeah, there you and go. I'm like, Me this too. is what you should say. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, that seems so mean. I'm like, <laughs> or take it from the top. It does not seem that mean. We'll put you it know? in your own words, yeah, but so, like, don't stray too far from the bullets. Okay. <laughs> I want you to be in this lane, but really I want you to be in this lane. But yeah, so I think you're exactly right. It's all about just, well, and we do it every single day. And so we understand how to do that kind of stuff. And sometimes maybe if you are terminating one person every, you know, 18 months, maybe it seems to be more daunting. Yeah. You yep. know? So. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, we've got like this, I'm sure you feel the same way. Like you have like a, a, a spectrum of people. You've got the brazen business owners or leaders that you work with that are like, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want to do. And we're going to have to deal with the aftermath. And then you've got the other people who have, that we were just talking about, who have no confidence. They're freaked out. The employees own them. They are the victim. And they're just in pure fear every day that they're going to screw something up by saying the wrong thing. And it's kind of like, no, you have rights. Like, especially in, it's in this state, name. North right. Carolina, yes. like you yeah. got a lot of rights. Um, so just, you know, figure out like what's going to work for the business. And then let's back into how to make that like a legal, viable, respectful solution for the employees. So, um, so yeah, I've got a, a more positive, a, something in the middle. So we talked about the termination piece. So as I once owned a small company, it is funny. I think sometimes the idea of growth and when you can hire somebody new, when you can afford to hire somebody new. Yep. So when you go through that kind of situation, when you've got a company that's on the verge of growing, kind of what are some of your advice for them to look at for their own books to determine if it's really the right move to hire somebody new? Yeah, that's a, that's actually something I'm kind of struggling with myself <laughs> a little bit. You know, um, and it's funny, so, you know, me being, you know, a business owner now, I like look at myself. I'm like, y- I need my own help. You yeah. know, like it's, <laughs> yeah. fu- it's funny. You how- need an HR. I know. It's, we did the same thing. It's, I mean, it's funny how it's funny how you get to like we spend all day helping other businesses. Right. And then it's time to come to your own business. And you're just like, what, did you just forget everything? But um, but, you know, that's that's why, you know, I try to t- I try to keep like a close group of you know, of other people that I talk to, you know, like yeah. other business owners that I could just go to talk to and, and just say, and like, you know, the answers I get back to them, I'm like, duh, you know, that was so obvious. Like, right. but of course, you know, but I'd say, you know, specifically to that question, you know, your business is growing or trying to figure out when it makes When it's sense, right, right to hire somebody. You know, and there's, I mean, obviously there's a financial aspect that you need to look at, right? You know, you have this is what my revenue is. These, this is what my costs are. And this is the profit that I need to make to be able to, you know, pay the bills or, you know, do whatever it is that I Mm want to do. But, you know, a lot of it, there is a lot of intangible that goes into making a lot of, you know, finance decisions. Like the numbers, you know, the numbers are always a great data point, but there's a lot of intangible that goes into these decisions because it's like, okay, you know, 
my business is, you know, I'm doing a hundred thousand dollars in revenue right now. And, you know, I, I, you know, my, my, my net profit at the end of the year, you know, at the end of the year is 30 grand, you know, so I may, I've got a hundred thousand dollars in sales. I'm paying myself. The business is making $30,000, you know, I don't want to hire somebody for $35,000 because I'm not going to have any money left. But then you ask the question, it's like, okay, well, what are you doing right now that you would be able to have that you could train somebody else to do? And instead of, you know, you, what, you know, you as the business owner, what is your hourly rate when you go out and you sell new business? Like if you go out and sell, spend 10 hours and bring in $50,000 worth of new business, you know, that's, that's a no-brainer, And that's right? where you need to be spending your time. And sometimes right. you have to, like, and that's another thing is, you know, a lot of business owners, they look at people as overhead, right? But I always say, you know, this is not an overhead. This is an investment into the growth of your business. Mm-hmm. If you hire this person, it's going to allow you to do the high-level stuff that you need to do to be able to keep growing your business. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's like the, you know, it's just like one of those circular discussions. It's like, you know, yeah. well... The chicken or the egg comes first, you know, which comes first, the egg, the chicken. Um, but, you know, and, and I got to the point where, you know, just me, you know, personally, recently, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go hire this person. Um, I've got a little bit of money in the bank. If it doesn't work out, then I might have to fire him, yeah. you know, but set the expectations up front, have a plan. And typically you're going to surprise yourself with how much you can. With how much well, you, you can also do. free yourself. If you're the so. business owner, you're freeing yourself from a lot of the minutiae that you really don't need to be spending time on. Right. Like, I don't know, driving to Costco and buying supplies for right. <laughs> buying paper. Right. No, you know, exactly. it's like if you got if you landed one new client, what would that do for your entire business? Right. Totally. You know? Well, I mean, when you started yours, I mean it was it was Lisa, right? Like it was a solopreneurship it was a and I was doing all the work and it got to a point where I couldn't keep doing the business development stuff, writing all the contracts, like billing all the people and serving my clients. So um met Beth through <laughs> I was doing some headhunting for a client and I met her in that interview process I'll and I was take so, that resume and uh, I was put so that one thankful. over here. <laughs> I was and I remember, I remember meeting we went to day. folks cafe and like met and had a conversation. Um and and lo and behold, you know, it's been four years now. Um and so so thankful to have Beth you know serving all of our clients and um, but it was you have some able, long-term clients too, know, but, but really but it was able for you then to get out of, you had, you could push off that and look at how much it grew right. by taking the chance on right and letting it, you take on somebody. the clients. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't take, I couldn't take on any more clients. It was like, do I want to bring in more revenue, grow the brand, build my build, you know, the best fractional HR, you know, service in Southeastern North Carolina and beyond. Yes, I do want to do that. Um, and so that's when it was helpful. But you also had to look at like the funnel. So it's all about sales. At the end of the day, you got to get sales. Yep. And if you don't have a good grip on like, okay, who have I been talking to? Who was kind of interested? Would anybody, did they mention that they might need repeat help like later down the line? Have I touched them lately with a phone call? Have I met them for coffee? Like you have to have a pretty good grip on what's in the funnel. And if you don't, then you don't have any right to go hire somebody, right? Because that's not fair. That's a human being that you're dealing with. Um, and, and you're putting faith in them. They're putting faith in you. But, and, and they're going to give it a good go. But, like, you got to know what's in your funnel. So yep. if, if you don't understand, you know, what the potential is over the next 90 days, 120 days, one year, then, you know, you might be better off being a solopreneur. And hiring employees is not for everyone. Mm-mm. And when you do hire your first employee, you really got to, like, 
you got to do that good work, like really doing some soul searching on what are those non-negotiables about someone who's going to go out there for the first time ever and represent your brand. And in particular, this your brand name. happened to be my actual name. Yeah. And like yours mine is as well. too. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. um, which seems That's so it. narcissistic at first, <laughs> but then but then it just gets normal, which I guess yeah, is even just, more narcissistic. I, know. I don't know. But that don't is know. Such a, that's a huge thing. You guys both have that. So it must have been nerve wracking. To have me, yeah, who I don't, we didn't know each other before. We weren't right. friends. We didn't really hang out together. No. And all of a sudden you're like, I'm sending this person out with my last name. Yeah. And yeah. with you, you just hired somebody, right? I did, yeah. So I've been like going through this process, you know, myself. <laughs> it's and a lot of trust. I could tell you to, to anybody who has like questions or needs something to, you know, to help them with hiring and HR, there's a book called Who. Yeah. Can't remember who the author is. Who, not what. Yeah, it's just a incredible, you know, that helped me out. But basically, you know, I've, you know, I've same deal. You know, I've, I've met Elise, um, you know, just through, got her resume and, you know, met her, you know, a couple times, had a couple conversations. And what I was interviewing her for was just straight soft skills. And do I want to hang out with this person yeah. in the same room for like eight hours? And do I want to go have a beer and like hang out on the weekend, you know? Um, and do I, tr you know, tr the, the accounting, you know, yes, you know, you've got to have a fu fundamental, but Skills, that's the right. like, you know, we can teach that. What I, what I, what I'm really focused on is finding someone that fits, you know, fits, you know, the culture that I want to build and, you know, has, you know, shares a vision of what we're trying to accomplish. And, um, so that, yeah, so I've just kind of gone through, I've had a couple, I have a couple consultants that work as contractors. And mm -hmm. so that's a little it's a little, you know, less, a little, different. A little bit different. That um, is a great way to start. Um, and that's, but that's how I started was yeah, with and some part-time And that's, and that's what, what we am. do. Yeah. So yep. it's like you start and, and honestly, you know, you just got to figure out what's the sweet spot to make it worth the person's while to stick around. Right. Is it, you got to figure out like how much is like good enough to make it work on a cash level, right. From a 1099 perspective, or do you want to make them a W2 employee where you're tied to me? Right. And, um, and so there's, it's just what works for both parties. Like you got to mm -hmm. kind of figure that out. I love what you said though. You really have to soul search if you're ready to do that because yeah. Yeah, yeah, especially if you're bringing someone on and if you don't have an understanding or a grasp of your current sales and then your projected forecast. And it's really, okay to not grow, yeah. grow, grow for the sake of growing. Like if you're yep. perfectly happy and you're bringing home the bacon and it's making your family comfortable and like you're paying the bills and this feels good right now, like not everyone has to have this like like sick level of ambition, right? To keep growing like yeah. forever and ever. I, I like like there's a, there's a spot where you can be satisfied. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's just different for everybody. Hey, I want to touch on, before we run out of time, I do want to touch on, um, just like your experience in Europe, because it is incredible. Uh, yeah. And I think to be honest, <laughs> like, um, a lot of people don't get the opportunity to do these rotational programs with big companies. And, um, you know, we, we've had folks come to us that are recent graduates or maybe have done a couple of years as an HR generalist be like, hey, I want to be a consultant. It's like you cannot possibly consult with other companies if you have not gone out into the world and like learned good process practice from a leader and a mentor. And you just so happen to get a fantastic experience with this rotational program. A lot of companies don't offer this. So yeah. like yeah. so you did end up doing that and you took 
you owned your own career and you said, Natalie, we're going to Bulgaria. And she happened to say, okay. So that yeah, was she's lucky. She's awesome. Okay. She's awesome. <laughs> the day after you got yes. married. Wow. This woman went to Switzerland Isn't first. Okay. That's so right, that was, right. you know, yeah. that was really nice and pretty. <laughs> and then I, you know, six months later, once she was, I had her in, then yeah. <laughs> like, oh, we're, go, we're going to Eastern Europe. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. But a lot of people wouldn't yeah. have taken advantage of that incredible opportunity. And so, so many times, like if we go to speak at UNCW or other colleges to, to recent grads, Penn State or whatever, it's like you own your career. You don't get to be the CHRO when you're 23 years old. You have to actually work your way through. And by the way, enjoy the ride because you're going to learn something in every single role as you climb that it's ladder. So true. And so, so you true. did that and you ended up in Bulgaria. So tell us some crazy stories about managing people in Bulgaria because I know nothing about it. We sorted through the geography. We now know where it is. Yeah, we, are we got so that. We got that figured out. We are so smart now. That's good. Um, so, uh, yeah, just tell us about that. Well, you know, what I, you know, the different, you can never underestimate a different, a different culture. I yeah. mean, for example, in Bulgaria, this means yes. Oh, right. So that, <laughs> that, right. So, I mean, something as simple, are going the same something place. as simple as that <laughs> is like, screwed. you know, you're complete. So this is no, you know, this is no. And da, da, da. Oh my God. so just, that's just like, you know, one tiny example. Right. And, you know, there, you know, if you like going to work in like, in like, you know, the UK, okay. You know, there's some cultural difference yeah. there, but you know, but you know, you couple go to, of words yeah, a couple of, yeah. you know, <laughs> come on, Sam. have a cup of tea. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So in Bulgaria, I mean, it's, I mean, it's just, it's so hard. There's just so many differences and, you know, it really goes back to being able to understand a culture. And for whatever reason, I had this goal before we left, like, you know, the last month that we were living in Switzerland, I was already trying to learn Bulgarian. And I was just like, why not? Like, this is cool. It's like, it's like, you know, the Cyrillic alphabet. This doesn't make any sense. And so by the time I had gotten Bulgaria, I could already like say good morning, hello. And like, just being able to say that to the people, like automatically they were like, oh my gosh, like this guy actually cares about our culture. And so every culture is different, but Bulgarians, they are very, very proud nationalistic folks. And, you know, that area historically, you know, it was always under siege. You know, I mean, like going way back in the day, you know, the Turks came in, the Ottomans, you know, there's there was just always like, you know, all this war going on. And so they're very, very proud about their their culture. And so, you know, the idea of learning the language, you know, I didn't, and I didn't even put this together. Like it wasn't like some like master plan, like I'm going to do this and I'm going to be able to, you know, manage people. It's just like, oh, I'm going to do this. It'll be fun. It'll... And uh, so building trust was like, I didn't even know I was doing it, but building trust was like the first and most important thing. They're like, all right, Chris is trying to learn our language. Like he comes to our parties and drinks rakia and tries to do Bulgarian dancing and stuff like that. Okay, we need oh to have that. Oh <laughs> Can my you gosh. show us an example? All right, we'll do it now. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to do that later. I need some, I need some rakia before we... Uh... We usually do happy, after, yeah. happy hour after the show, so that'll but, be fine. But so getting, yeah, so getting to like, you know, tactical management in Bulgaria, right? So Bulgarians are, they actually, I mean, and this is generally speaking, right? You know, like generally speaking, you know, Bulgarians typically, they want to be told what to do. 
Right. You know, hmm. I mean, there's, there's plenty of, you know, people, you know, and, and don't take that as, as a, anything bad or negative. It just, That's it just is, norm. it's just cultural. And it really comes back from communism. You know I mean? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, all it's like, Chris, why, why are you talking about language? Why are you talking about the history of the Turks and the Ottomans? Like, why are you talking about communism? Well, it actually has a serious like that's how you learn how to interact with people. And, people and so, you know, I go in with my, you know, when I started, you know, me being an American, you know, it's like really like, you know, all right. So, you know, you know, I'm, you know, let's, let's meet. I'm going to tell you what to do. And then let's, you know, let's catch up at the end of the week and see and how you, you did. And you were from corporate. So. And I was from corporate yeah. too. Yeah. So I tried that. And then corporate like, American. I get to, I get to Friday and like literally nothing's done. I'm like, did I not explain myself? But you know, it was, it was kind of like, so, okay, step, do this, 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 and this. And, and I kind of learned that. But there were so many good people that I got to work with there. And there was an HR business partner. And that's what it was called. It was called the HR business partner, which I think, you know, is pretty ahead of their time. Like, hey, yeah. like we're an HR person. We're a business partner to help you guys run your business. That is the best model to have. But, um, but yeah, so I, you know, I, I leaned very heavily on the HR business partner and a lot of other, you know, and some of the other colleagues. I was like, guys, like, you know, I'm taking on, and also I never really managed people before. And, and then so, you're doing it in And Eastern I'm doing it in Bulgarian. <laughs> so, you know, with a you different know, language in and a everything. different language. Yeah. I just, you know, I just had a blast with it. But, um, you know, I screwed up a lot. You know, like I did a lot of stuff wrong, but I always kind of did it with like a smile on my face and like, hey, like we're, we're a team, we're trying to do stuff. So people would just, you know, I could see them and they just, you know, kind of be shaking their head. I'm like, oh, okay. or they're shaking their head. Yeah, or they're going like, where are they like, but um, but yeah. I love that because you're just willing to take a chance. And so many, if people are younger that are listening to this, they should definitely try to do something like that. If, you if I could do it again, go. I would go. do it. Go. And, and, and something else you, you said, always Lee, learn something. Yeah. When I first started, you know, at Deloitte, I was that kid who was like, you know, I'm going to be the CFO. You know, I'm 23 years old. I know everything. Like, you know, and there were a bunch, I had a bunch of good mentors and they're like, Chris, put your head down and just work and do a great job and just do a good job and be thankful and be thankful and find good people in your organization and make them look even better because they're the ones that are yeah. going to progress and they're going to bring you with them mm-hmm. if you do a good job so you know that I was definitely that overzealous kid and I definitely had a couple situations where I was way over you know reaching and but I had some people that were like dude you need to just chill out yeah <laughs> but but at the same time you know at the same time you can't like you know, there's a there's a fine balance there, yeah, right? Exactly. Because if you just like don't let that like you know that fire just like be like, oh, I'm just gonna hang out, and you know, we have to let it be known in, that in you 10 have years, a, like, you know, healthy level of right. Yeah. But you know, I mean, right. you gotta have, and that's why I say like, you know, stick it to the man. You know, like you gotta have a little bit of that, like. Indian, I definitely have that, and I still have it very much. But um, you had good leaders to kind of but guide I had good, you. I had good people because yep. you just can't be like, yep. I'm 22 so, and I'm gonna be, you know, like in charge yeah. of the thing. When you're like, mm, you haven't ever really worked so, in this field. So one specific example, we doing pretty good on time. Yeah, within, yeah, we're good. Okay, so one specific exa- example, I was I was in Bulgaria. I was leading. You know, there was I had a team of 15 people and. I was managing supply chain and operations, which wasn't even finance. Like that was another real cool thing about going to Bulgaria is that, okay, I'm going to be able to get away from the hardcore technical accounting to like operational like stuff and supply chain. And so I'm, I'm managing a group of people and I'm learning as I go. And there was one guy on the team that had been there for years and years. And he just, you know, nice, sweet guy, but just like, it was like, are you trying to sabotage like the business, mm. you know, to that level. And 
if there had been in many, Bulgaria, in Bulgaria, mm, he's a local Bulgarian guy. <laughs> and, um, you know, there had been many managers that had come through and just kind of let it go. And, you know, the town where the factory was in Bulgaria, I mean, it was like 400 employees, but only mm. 20,000 people live in the town. So you're working with, you know, cousins and brothers and sisters and like in-laws and wives. And so like, you know, to like go in and like fire your, you know, your buddy that lives yeah, in the next like brick or the next apartment, you know, so I don't know. So maybe, you know, so there was one guy and we all knew it, like everybody knew it. He was like, you know, this guy's got to go. He's sabotaging. And, you know, and so, you know, I kind of, I talked to the general manager of the factory who was actually an Australian guy. <laughs> awesome. Awesome, dude. Great Australian accent. Um, but he's like, you know, Chris, I think you know what the right answer is. What I would say is go and talk to your Bulgarian colleagues and make sure that they agree with you. Yeah. And so that's what I did. I went to the executive team for the factory, all the Bulgarians and said, hey, guys, here's the deal. I think this is what we need to do. Do you support it? And not one person said no. And everybody was like automatically like, yes. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I was getting their buy in. and that when we fired that guy, we didn't have somebody to fill that role that, you know, those people were going to step up and then like help us, you know, mm -hmm. fulfill that. So that was probably one of the most like HR, but it, it wasn't a nightmare. It was something that was a nightmare. And we kind of like figured out like, hey, you know, we can't do this. And also for that guy, he went off and found a better job. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's like there's, you know, it's, yeah. there's a positive. So that was, I think that was that story of trying to navigate that, you know, took months. And, um, and so that was pretty But wild. also working in Europe, I mean, I had a plant over the Netherlands and like you had international locations with your business with, with your ex and like, I mean, they have different rules. So don't yeah. assume that whatever you totally. can do in America and especially in the South that you can do in Bulgaria. So like you get a good lawyer overseas, like have a good yeah. business partner, get the buy-in, spend the time, like get to know front. the people that you're working with. Right? Yeah. 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 And you got to build, you got to build, build trust if you're going to be a good leader, I think. But. Hey, in the last two minutes. Okay. okay. Um, what we like to do is wrap things up by um, taking an audience right in. And so, um, you know, you kind of are an HR person for your own little business, uh, <laughs> but you can pretend to be, you know, a, an HR person if you want to. But we do like to get your uh, opinions on these write-ins. So we had somebody from South Carolina write-in and they said, I work in HR as a benefits manager and my coworker, who is an HR business partner, has two direct reports. She is openly discussing how they will both be termed next week in front of lower HR staff and IT employees. We report to the same person. Do I address it with our boss, the VP of HR? I, I got to answer that. Go ahead. You're in That's the high seat. That's a good seat. one. All right. <laughs> I think, um, all right, so... You're um, so the person's uh, like, you know, they're on it's equal playing colleague. field, colleague, right? Yeah. I mean, f step number one is, you know, hire, slow, fire, quick and never you never talk about it and let that information get out before you do it. Mm -hmm. So if that's happening, it's the most disrespectful. I mean, that thing is, just, I mean, that's just like being a bad human, you yeah. know, like that's just like not cool on very many levels. So, I mean, step one is, you know, I I mean, what I would do is I would say go to that person and just say, hey, you need to just, you know, keep it, you know, stop, which I don't know. You might not even do that. I would. You if know, this you, person sucks as a human being and you already know it, then maybe you don't even want to give them the you courtesy. You don't even give the courtesy. And you just go and you to just the go, boss and you, you go straight know. to the manager and you just say, hey, here's the deal. This is unacceptable. Yeah. Hey, you got to address something. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with that, especially because 
wow, that can make you feel so embarrassed and erode all kind of confidence. If you know that you're about to get fired and everyone's talking about it, but your boss is How embarrassing. It's terrible. It'd be humiliating. It's terrible. And that's always one of the big tenets about letting someone go is really just treating them with dignity and respect, not dignified or respectful. Yeah. No, I agree. That is a complete HR nightmare. And I would go tell the boss and I would also go up to that person and say, you know, I think you would want to know that people are talking about that you're saying these things. And especially in a position of power like you're in as an HR business partner, like you have an extra level of integrity that you need to uphold on behalf of the company and yourself and you're not doing it. And like, I mean, and also get it done like tomorrow. Don't yeah, like hold why are off. you? Yeah, why are you waiting till Friday? Like, do it today. Yeah, <laughs> so, save the finance guys some dough. <laughs> yeah, save some overtime. <laughs> well, a lot of great career advice that can be learned from your journey to today. But you should be really proud of yourself for starting your business and in less than a year, like hiring employees and having twenty plus clients. Um, it's really, it's an awesome thing. So congratulations to you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You. Proud of you. No, it's been a pleasure working with you guys and, and stoked to know you just as friends, you know. Same. It's awesome. Yeah. Glad same. you guys it's came awesome. back to Wilmington. I do have a, a little gift. Oh. It's in money? the corner no. over there. It's <laughs> not a money. Can I, can I get gonna, up and He's the finance guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's the finance guy. Thanks. Okay. So I actually have uh, my wife and I. So we're, you know, like I said, the goal in life is I want to own a ranch and be a cowboy. Okay. This is we've legit. started, we've started uh, raising our own chickens and our own eggs. And we were talking a little bit about chicken or the egg. <laughs> and I didn't even do that on purpose, but I brought a couple so farm nice. fresh eggs from Capone's. Capone's Coop. Capone's Coop. I down love in Seabreeze, hey, North Carolina. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so. That is awesome. That's Thank awesome. you. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. <laughs> That's great. Thank you, Natalie. All right, guys, Beth, anything to wrap us up? No, just glad that you were here. It was really fun to, to see you outside of the times that I get to see you at work. Yeah. Where do people find Chris Capone and Chris and Capone and Associates? Um, Capone and Associates biz. Um, my Instagram is Capone and Associates and my LinkedIn is Chris Capone. So Make sure that out. you are um, liking and subscribing to Leith HR Group's HR Nightmares um, on YouTube. We also put stuff out on TikTok. Gabby's making us TikTok famous. And um, also go check out WorkTalk, W-O-R-K-T-O-K. Um, it's our proprietary one-on-one employee check-in app. Um, it'll save you a lot of money on dealing with employee relations issues because you can actually intervene before someone quits because you get their feedback. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for tuning in. See you on all the socials. That's another episode of HR Nightmares. Bye-bye. See ya. Thanks.